the Sober Experiment podcast by Be Sober. I'm Alex, one half of Be Sober. And I'm Lisa, the other half. If you're new to our podcast, Lisa and I have been best friends since high school. And after many years of getting drunk together pretty much every weekend, we've decided to experiment with being sober together. We really haven't got time to tell you all about that now, but if you go right back to the beginning of our podcast series, you'll find out all about it there. This season, we're super excited to be working with Wise Bartender and can't wait to sample and, of course, tell you about their 450 plus alcohol free drinks. So, whether you're after some alcohol free beers, ciders, wines, cocktails, or spirits, then check them out. We absolutely love that they're a growing family business. They've got a fantastic ethos around making sure quality alcohol-free drinks are accessible for absolutely everyone. Well as having alcohol-free equivalents, they also have an amazing range of kombuchas and sodas, along with a number of curated packs. Shop the range at wisebartender.co.uk and get 5% off with our code BESOBER5. Hi Lisa! Hi, Alex. Hi, everyone. Well, hi, everyone. Yeah, that's a bit rude. <laughs> Forget, just hi, Lisa. Forget the thousands of people. I can actually officially say that. Oh, now. that's amazing. Thousands of people listening. Um, so, yeah, we've, we hope you've had a good Christmas, good year so far, et cetera, et cetera. And, yeah, we might as well get straight into introducing our guests, don't we? Because I've not got much to talk about at the minute. I have because you've just proper made me laugh nobody will know this right but right before this podcast because we record it earlier than it actually comes out Alex has just said to me right whatever we do let's not talk about the date um, (laughs) or the year or anything and then the first thing you've said is oh you've had a good Christmas or you're having a good new year I know I can't do it can I also then break my second rule and talk about the way how crap is today's weather <laughs> it's getting really cold but by the time you listen to this it might be really hot who or knows summer. it could be summer because you might not even listen to it when it comes out it might be next year we might be oh, like really old by then that's so funny right let's introduce our guest because um you know what i love about this is that we are today getting to talk to one of our actual men Members, and I always find it so inspiring when we get to talk to our members and hear their story. So, yeah, we've got Alistair. He's kindly decided to come on our podcast to talk about his journey to sobriety and, in particular, his money mindset and how it's shifted since he's got sober. Now, I'm really excited to hear about this because I need help with shifting my money oh. mindset. You know, Lisa, we'll talk to him about it, but he said one of the reasons that he wanted to talk to us about this was when he heard us saying that sometimes, and it's not happened to us specifically, but sometimes you see posts about um, sober support groups like ours, and it's like, why do you charge? And he said, I really wanted to talk on the podcast when I saw that because I couldn't believe people's money mindset. And, and, you know, like something I grew up with and I know you did as well is like money don't grow on trees, you know, so it all starts our money mindset right back in childhood, doesn't it? You know what? It's really weird. I've actually just downloaded a book on Audible called um, Get Rich bitch or something like that i'm so sorry for saying that it sounds awful i'm i think it's called that anyway i've only just started it that's why i don't know the full title right now (laughs) but i had a discussion with my mum and my mindset around money is 
I do find it really hard. And somebody along the line of me growing up has said to me, you're either rich or happy. Oh, yeah, so money don't always, buy you happiness. Yeah. So in my mind, I've always chose happiness and I've never thought I can be both ever. So I'm just really interested to kind of have this conversation and open it up and see what Alistair thinks and let, let's talk about it. Una, who knows, actually, we might end up being like, get rich bitches. <laughs> Ew, oh I don't like gosh. that title. No, I don't like it. It's put me off it's reading all, it. But that is, it's stuff like that that puts you off, isn't it? You think that, like, you've yeah, got you to be a bitch to be rich. Yeah. And there's no need for that. That's I think like you can be so rich and happy. Long. Rich and happy. Let's see if we can, let's ask Alistair, can you be rich and happy? Should we do that? Is Alistair rich and happy? Oh, I don't know. Let's find out, shall we? Is that Let's like a rude in. question? Let's it might, it might be a bit rude. Let's let him in. And ask him. <laughs> Hi, Alistair. Thank you hey. so much for coming on. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks for inviting me. What a privilege. We've just been talking about you behind your back, just so you know. Oh, of <laughs> it's all right. You can hear it when you listen to this again. <laughs> yeah, we've just been talking about things like I mean, we'll get into like the conversation properly, but we've just been talking about sayings that parents put into us, like you can't be rich and happy, and um, money doesn't grow on trees and all that. So we want to explore that a little bit with you after. Um, and Lisa's reading a book at the moment called "Get Rich, Bitch," and I've just said that had absolutely just put me off even reading it because there's that harshness about money it's it's everything about it but yeah that's what you're here for you're going to chat with us about it aren't you so <laughs> we're hoping you change our money mindset actually Alistair that's what I'm hoping <laughs> I know I know all good <laughs> but we were just saying one of the reasons that um we'd sort of discussed you coming on the podcast was when you heard about the fact that we'd said that people were quite upset about charged sobriety services. Oh, That's yeah. where it all came from, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I had a, I had a massive rant about that to the person who was unfortunately next to me at the time. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, 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 yeah, go on, rant to us. Well, <laughs> I, I heard, I think, I think Lisa, you were explaining that, about Alex and her doing her coaching, but then felt, you know, this inner sort of kind of conflict over charging for it and pe some people's views on it. And I just thought, oh my, like, you know, you're adding so much light, uh, value to people's lives. Why should you not be able to charge for that? And why should you not be able to perhaps do nice things for your kids, provide them uh, good food, maybe a holiday every now and again, somewhere comfortable to live. I mean, it's not about you being selfish. It's just about you. Like, we need money. We need money to, to buy these basics. We do, you know. You know, yeah, uh, no, was it about a year ago when I got the motorhome, Alex? Yeah. yeah just off a year ago. Now, initially, right, my next door neighbours, mum was selling this amazing motorhome and me and my mum was looking at it um, and saying should we do it and honestly I looked at this motorhome and it seemed so out of like who I was it was like I, I felt like I didn't deserve it that's what I felt like mm -hmm. and our business our like family business were doing really well and my mum was like no Lisa we can we can get this we can afford to get it and honestly I was like I can't believe that we're going to be able to afford to get something like this anyway we ended up not getting that one because I didn't have the right license for it apparently 
Um, oh, she so was so then, old when you passed your driving test. <laughs> I know it was, it was, it was ridiculous. But I remember looking at it and thinking that it was something that was so far out of my reach. And then I knew that I shouldn't be thinking like that, but I didn't really know how to change it. So then I've got like this older motorhome, which I absolutely love called Lucy. Yep, I've named it. <laughs> and I absolutely love it. But because it's older, I feel like it's more for me rather than mm-hmm. the newer one that I was originally looking at. Why is that? Why do you think we do things like that? Is that just me? Am I weird? Um yeah, well, I, I don't I don't I don't know to be honest, but I mean I can relate to it because I have a 14-year-old car with uh with 180,000 kilometers on it and I've driven it to Italy last year. So um and I don't know I don't know if I would feel emotionally the same about a new car, but I mean I think the moral of the story is that you've bought that motorhome for you you haven't bought it for for you and your family right you haven't it's not to impress anybody it's not to look better in any way it's just for you to experience and if it gives you that then who cares if it's a bit older oh it's the best thing i've ever bought it's actually changed my life like it actually really has and i'm never not grateful like Mm. every time i sit in it i'm like the most grateful person ever I love it and also I'm really surprised she's calling it it because actually in real life she never calls it it she calls it her (laughs) her or Lucy (laughs) so before we get into this a bit deeper can we just ask you about your sobriety first Alistair and what brought you to the point of sobriety yeah sure Um, I mean first of all if there's anybody sober curious uh, listening and you just feel that alcohol really isn't that great and you'd probably be better off without it you can skip all any of the drama or <laughs> right, just go for it. You have our permission. <laughs> just get on with it. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so just very quickly. So 90s teenager, noughties university student, northern family, very, very typical. It's in our culture. It's everywhere. I had enjoyed always the extremes of like the binges and the parties, but then being able to retreat into my kind of, my friends used to call it hermit mode where I'd disappear into the books and work on whatever I was doing. And it was always a balance, right? So, it, but then in, I think in my early 30s, I'd been living outside the UK a while. I had a stressful, quite a stressful, demanding job with some other things going on. It just seemed to be less about that and more just constant. Like it was just creeping up, you know. It's the familiar story, right? It creeps up. Yeah. And eventually I... I was aware of it, but I didn't perhaps know the real consequences of drinking too much alcohol. I did some research and realized what probably most people don't, unfortunately, is that you don't have to be at the extreme end for it to be really bad for you and potentially very detrimental. So I started taking breaks around 2016 for six to eight weeks at a time. And there was no pressure of never, ever drinking again. There was no like, you know, day one. It was just, yeah, I'm not drinking for a bit. And I did this for like two years. And it was, I kind of stopped drinking by accident because the, over the space of two years, it just became so great, the sober streaks, that the drinking streaks would started to feel, you know, fun for a few days, but just totally inconvenient and totally unhealthy. And eventually on my last one, Around six weeks into a sober streak, I had a pre-planned holiday with my parents, which was really important to me and I'd been looking forward to for ages. And it was my birthday. 
And I got through those periods and I was like, well, you know, that's it pretty much. Um, and yeah, and then I embraced the sort of sober culture and got involved with uh, Janie Lee Grace and the Sober Club and then later you guys did all the usual stuff with the communities and, and here I am. Yeah, you, say usual, <laughs> you say usual stuff, but so many people don't realise that there is a sober community yeah. out there and there's so many. You know, obviously we're passionate about ours and we love ours and we want to shout about ours from the rooftops, but there is actually something for everybody, isn't there? Mm-hmm. So I love that. We've had Janie Lee Grace on our podcast and we've had oh, like, the honour of being on hers as well. Yeah, I think she's wonderful. She's lovely. Yeah. You, yeah, you know no, when you, go on, Alistair, sorry. No, I'm done. Go for it, Alex. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, you know, like you talk about it and you're just kind of saying as you came into sobriety, it was a bit of a, a kind of accidental sobriety. You just realised that life was better. So like, I know we've talked and said that, you know, everything you struggled with has either been eliminated since you got sober or improved and everything that was already good has been really turbocharged. So what do you mean by that? Well, yeah, it's great, great point. So, I mean, first of all, we're all work in progress, right? So I'm by no means the, the finished product and I've got a ton of stuff that I need to work on and it's an everyday journey and I'm super excited and happy about all that. But yeah, what, um, knowing what I know now, so I'm pretty, I'm sociable and I, you know, I enjoy all this, but I'm pretty introvert person and I also... I've had uh, anxiety my whole life, um, which can be pretty uncomfortable in certain situations. And also, I'm really minimalist. I mean, you probably can tell. But I, I, find it, I find it much more relaxing and less stressful to have less stuff, you know, really less clutter and this type of thing. Yeah, none of this, none of this I realised up until the past few years, to be honest. So, um, so I just didn't really know myself uh, as well before when I was drinking because at an early age, I'd been like when I was growing up when I was a kid. Like these days, being a geek and being a nerd, it's like super cool. When I was a kid, being a geek and being a nerd was 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 not cool. <laughs> like it was not it was not uh, celebrated the way it is now, thankfully. And um, so, so I attached at an early age that extrovert that loud that dominant that the life and the soul of every party that having a huge career and huge circle of friends and all this excess this was all this was basically what i needed to aim for and i think alcohol when i discovered alcohol this was a way to to soothe the nerves and to give the dutch courage to help me through all these experiences and it and it and it worked but it worked until it didn't right I got got to a stage when I stopped drinking and I suddenly realized, okay, so I've got, I've got a very demanding career, which I'm also very thankful for because it's a good situation, but I've also got, you know, more than one property with tenants and I had three people, three lodgers living with me. And I had, I was commuting to and from the UK to maintain my personal relationships, which I wasn't really happy about from a from my perspective, but also from a sustainability perspective. And just realizing this stuff that I'm one introvert, anxiety is now like um, something that is discom- shows discomfort at times, but also makes me very diligent and productive. So 
just really helped me yeah. understand myself and, and leverage my strengths, really. You know what? I think I'm just going to say this because I'm sure there's probably people that aren't, but so many sober people that I have met over the last three years will relate to this, whether it be the anxiety side of it, whether it be the introvert side of it, and also the geek or the nerd side of it. Like, I think all those sober people are just absolute nerds, right? (laughs) (laughs) We are, definitely. I actually do. And we talk about this a lot. Like, when I was at school, I was always classed as quite a popular kid. And... I always think I got placed into the wrong box. So I found social situations really difficult. Like I had really high social anxiety around going to other kids' birthday parties or dancing or, you know, anything like that that kids look happy doing, I found really difficult. So when I found alcohol at 14, it took all that away, exactly. And I became kind of a bit louder and confident and passionate about what I was talking about and but only when I was drinking so everyone just thought I was not a nerd or a geek but actually my real friends at school the ones that I'm still in contact with (laughs) including Alex were all nerds and geeks as well and I just think so many people get pushed into the wrong box by society Mm -hmm. and then alcohol kind of helps us to fit into that Mm. impression that other people have of of us. We'll get back to our chat shortly, but first let us tell you a bit more about our friends at Wise Bartender. So Wise Bartender has the biggest selection of alcohol-free drinks in the world. And this week, well, actually, it's not only this week, it's quite often <laughs> that we actually tried the um, the Heineken Zero. So anybody that listens will know that we actually both really like this anyway. I loved it. What did you think, Alex? It's my absolute favourite. And like you say, anyone who has listened so far knows that. Um, I like to have it out of the bottle with a slice of lime shoved in the top absolutely love it perfect summer drink love it love it love it i love drinking out of a bottle like a bottle of lager oh we're just such thugs the pair of us <laughs> <laughs> so you can buy this and more at wisebartender.co.uk use your code be sober five for a cheeky five percent discount you know lisa it's i remember and i'm not talking about you here but i remember friends in my circle because i, I mean i grew up in quite a dodgy council estate right it was quite rough so all the well kids dodgy. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was. so all all the kids were experimenting with alcohol and with drugs and with smoking and with sex and with all the things that young teenagers shouldn't be doing to be fair but my family you know for, for everything that I'd been through they'd actually brought me up with a really good set of values to respect my body to respect my mind to respect myself you know all of those things so I I actually remember being completely torn the first time that somebody said have a cigarette the first time that somebody said have a drink and it really was the absolute epitome of peer pressure. Like I knew, I remember clearly thinking, I don't want to do this, but knowing that if I didn't do it, I wouldn't fit in and I didn't have any other friends up there who were geeks like me. 
Yeah. And, and that so is why me and Lisa got on so well, actually, because we were allowed to be little geeks together. We used to write each other letters in classes and write each other little lists and things like that. And that is where our friendship was a mm-hmm. pure, real friendship and not a, oh, if you drink this bottle of vodka, I'll be your best mate or yeah. I'll be your boyfriend. Or, you know, all those things that you go through. It's sad. It's actually sad. It makes me sad that I lost a lot of my youth trying to be somebody I wasn't. See, it's weird because when I think about it, like alcohol, I didn't, I never thought that that's what it was doing until I stopped drinking when I was 38. Yeah. So yeah. I never actually connected that alcohol was doing all them things or I was using it to help me with all them things. And like you say, you felt pressured to drink. It was just natural, normal life that I would drink. Like my mum and stepdad dropped me off at a pub when I was 14 to say, if you're going to drink, don't do it on the streets. You might as well go to this, like, Don't be sophisticated. (laughs) Yeah, go do it in town. So at 14, I remember practising, like, in the car going, half lag, please, two halves of lag, please, two halves of lag, please. And me and my mate went into this pub in town, walked up to the bar, like, I'd built this confidence up and said, two halves of lag, please, and sat there and had a, a... conversation that we just made up about our houses that we had that we didn't really have it was so ridiculous because I was like 40 but I didn't know that alcohol was doing that I suppose that's my point it was just natural that I was going to drink because everybody did it's weird isn't it it's not copy paste I mean it was just inevitable right everybody did it so we used to take our ties off from school and put them like a different tie on and then go into this pub and complain about the office like (laughs) that's that's so funny nine (laughs) nine year old in an office tie (laughs) it's true the things we've done I remember once putting on an Irish accent to the bus driver because I was going for a bar I cannot do accents and I also don't know why I did that I think it was just bullshitting like I'd done with the rest of my life. <laughs> I think it shows how young we were when we was trying to be so grown up and to try and fit into what we thought was normal life. Yeah, it's we just... thought that's what was the expectation of us. Well, it probably was the expectation yeah. of us as well. It is weird. Well, that was rather long-winded, wasn't it? Gosh, we got through a bit of sobriety talk there, Alistair. <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> Let's move this on to the money talk right if that's all right with you because money talks well i didn't but people did and i'd bop in my chair i just fully went back to my pub life neil diamond and money talks. Yeah, oh don't did. start singing now to show how bad mine were because we know you can sing, <laughs> don't sing. right come on <laughs> money talks. Well, i can't remember what i was going to say about it now right in terms of well-being, okay, so having a good money mindset and financial health are obviously equally as important as other areas of well-being, yeah? So in society, and this is what we were talking about at the beginning, we're always getting told money doesn't buy you happiness, money doesn't grow on trees, and you can either be, what was it you said? You can either be rich or happy, but not both. Rich, yeah, rich or happy. This is what I said earlier, that's what... Somebody once said to me, it was like, you can't be rich and happy. You can only be one. So all my life, I thought, well, I'll be happy, thank you. Yeah. So on the one hand, you've got all this, yeah? But obviously, like you alluded to before, it's an essential resource that affects our life in every other way. And we just can't survive modern life without it. So 
tell us, give us your thoughts on all of that. Wow. I'm going to sit back now, Alistair. I want to listen. So, I mean, first of all, money is a taboo topic, right? So even though I'm fascinated with with money and investing and all these types of discussions, um, I still find it very difficult to talk about. So so if anybody else has like a, a bit of an issue with this topic or finds it difficult to talk about, then that's... I think that's part of our society. It's a bit of a, a great, it's a bit of a dark, undiscussed yeah. thing. You're just expected to know it. Um, but what do I think about that? So it was society tells us that money can't buy happiness. And well, I mean, it's just rubbish, to be honest. I'm not saying that, <laughs> I'm not saying that money, like if you've got real issues and trauma and psychological problems and, you know, real issues in your life, like we all have at times. Just having a load of money all of a sudden isn't going to fix it all. Yeah. But if you've got enough money to perhaps have really good quality food, live in a really nice place, have a really good education, maybe be able to retire early, to have great health care, to know that if anything happens to your parents, no problem, the roof falls in, no problem. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to improve your life massive, massively um, versus. One, if you have everything you need, but you have to work really hard for it, perhaps doing a job that's stressful and not not good for you, then that's also not going to be good. And then people that have really low incomes and don't have an opportunity to improve that, that's going to be really, really stressful. Like any, every time there's an emergency or if you just literally don't have enough money for food or you're in debt, I mean, stress, we've accepted that stress is really bad for your health. Yeah. And money can cause a lot of stress. Also in your relationships, if you with somebody that's got different ideas about money, you've got to be compatible. If you're not, then... Um, so yeah, I mean, money, money has a huge impact on our overall well-being. And I think society is telling us that it's not important, which is bad. But I wanna, what I would say is that, yeah, it's really important. But we also have an opportunity to recognize that. And, and like anything, you can address it and... You can't just magic a million pounds overnight, but you can take little steps day by day to put you in a better situation. Do you think mindset does have a lot to do with it, Alistair, about becoming more wealthy? Because, you know, when I look back, when I was first married and I'd got Bethany and then we had Ben and we was buying our first house. Me and my husband at the time, he was doing 12-hour shifts at night and I was doing 12-hour shifts in the day and we actually had a neighbour come to watch the kids while we switched over mm-hmm. and we were absolutely skinned. Like, all the time we were skinned. So much so, right? I remember once we had a couple of friends and neither of them worked and it was a new year and they said, oh, should we go out for a drink on New Year's Day? And me and my husband at the time was like, oh, no, we, we just can't afford it. We've had Christmas. We've done this and we were working. So and they were like, no, no, we'll treat you. And I remember sat there thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm out with these two people that don't work and they're treating us to a drink. And we work 12 hours shifts each, like every single day. And we were just stuck all the time we just never seemed to accumulate mm-hmm. money and I always remember my mum saying it's your mindset and I was like no I'm working and the money's just not coming to us and I, I can't really remember how I did read I did read the secret I do put a lot down to that you know 
Um, but I think it did help me move my mindset. Do you think mindset has a lot to do with it? Like, what do you do if you ain't got any? Oh, well, I mean, two, two questions, two questions. One, no, one. <laughs> like what other steps? Another one. That's help, three help, questions. Help, 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 help. help. I mean, <laughs> oh, go on. So, so first of all, I mean, I, I don't know your personal circumstances that, that well. Um, but, but yeah, it's definitely mindset, right? And this can be, I, I'm aware that I'm from an extreme privilege not in the sense that I'm, I'm not from like a wealthy family or anything, but I was born into reasonable quality of life with opportunities. I was able to get education and get a good job and stuff like that. Not everybody has that, but yeah. So mindset for me, control is, is really the heart of everything about you. You, you've been able to address things about money and your well-being. in terms of, in terms of how to magic it, I think the secret went a bit far because they, they, they basically give you the impression that you could just attract things by like thinking, I'm going to get a million pounds tomorrow. I'm going to get a million pounds tomorrow. Yeah, they did. I stuck a check up on my wall, you know, for £10,000. I, I remember that. I, print, I printed it off, wrote it down and put it up there. But it did help me believe. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So, you, like, you've got to learn, I suppose, haven't you, that you do have to make, I suppose, that's leading on to the next bit, the small steps. Yeah, so, I mean, the secret, I mean, I, I love the concept, but I've read a lot about the law of attraction and what it means, so I could forgive it for its kind of um, being a bit woo-woo. But, yeah, yeah. Having, having goals and breaking things down into, into small smaller chunks is really the way. But for me, I mean, I'm... I'm wearing a hoodie that somebody gave me in a house share and my mum's repaired the cuffs. I've got an eight, a 14-year-old car. I'm wearing a top that I got for free. Like, not everybody wants to do those yeah. things. But there are, you know, spending is your biggest leak, right? So, and we live, in a, we live in a society. We talked about society earlier. So yeah. a society, we know about big alcohol and the brainwashing. Yeah. But it's big food, it's also big tech, it's retail, it's everything. So in society, we are just basically brainwashed to drink too much, eat continuously, spend too much, live in the biggest house possible, get a new car every three years, go on these amazing Instagram holidays. And it's really expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if we can become aware of that and just be a bit more intentional about if we do have spare money, do we need to buy stuff? Like the stuff that... The stuff that brings you joy, like your camper van, you bought it for you and yeah. your family. Look at, you know, your smile when you talk about that. But yeah. all the stuff that we just kind of do automatically because we're brainwashed. Do we need that? It's perception as well, isn't it, Alistair? You know, like when you go to a shop and you think nothing of spending like four quid on a candle, right? <laughs> I wouldn't. I think, oh, four quid on a candle. But then for something else, I think, oh, God, I'm not paying that for that. You know, it's perception of things. So, like, even our membership, we've spoken about this, haven't we, Alex? We're really, really worried about what to charge for our membership. And we know that you get so much out of being a Be Sober member. And it's like, literally, we've just changed the price, actually. It's 14 99 a month to anybody new joining. And it's like 14 99 You think, I'm not paying that every single month. 
But then when you realise what you get for it, or you would easily go into a bar, wouldn't you, and buy shots for people before, or a couple of pints for somebody in yeah. one night. It's perception then, isn't it, as well? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know what else as well? If you think about where this all comes from, and it does come from what we're taught in childhood and how we're taught to think about money, and it's like, you know, our parenting, drug awareness, school awareness, all, you know, sorry, alcohol awareness, all of that that happens in schools. I don't remember anyone talking to me about money mindset, money awareness, about opening a bank account, about savings, about mm, interest yeah. rates. I don't remember anyone talking to me about that in a positive way, only in to say, well, don't spend that on that because you won't have any money. I don't remember, and, you, and money won't buy your happiness, things like that. God, I'm so twaffly. What's wrong with me? Yeah. But, uh, I'm like, blah, 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 blah. But um, yeah, I think that's where it needs to start, doesn't it? Changing those conversations that we're having with young people. Like, how do you think we can go about changing those conversations? Yeah, so I mean, first of all, I fully agree. I, I, I think that if you go back 20, 30 years, there's so many things now that we that we just didn't have the tools for or the awareness then. So whether it's alcohol, substance, mental health or money, neurodiversity, all these things that we're talking about now and it's brilliant, but we just need to do it more. So if you look at sobriety, we've got we've got all these communities, we've got Quidly, we've got all these programs. Within the, the space of money, I mean, I'm excited about my financial future and these types of things and investing and making my life easier from that perspective. I'm excited about that as I am my sobriety. So there's loads of clubs, there's loads of communities. YouTube is amazing because people on there, they just need subscriptions, likes and views to make money. So they're, they're naturally driven to put out the best information possible. So there's a ton of stuff available, but it really starts with just being curious if it's if it's something you're interested in and you want to learn about then there are, um, there's a lot of material out there I think get rich bitch sounds good <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that I haven't heard of that I'm going to check it out straight afterwards I'm going to tell you exactly what this is called so just bear with me a second what was um, that one by Jensen Terrell with right I'll tell you what it's called it's called get rich lucky bitch that's All what right. it's called um, I'm just trying to say, and it's by Denise Duffield Thomas. What was that one we read by Jen Sincero about money as well? Oh, that was, um, oh, I loved her books. She was, she's done a few like about badass. So she's it's done a book a called badass, You're a Badass Every Day. You are a badass. And then the other one is You are a Badass at Making Money. But they're quite, they're really good books to help change your mindset about it. I think like that Get Rich, I'm just listening to that Get Rich Lucky Bitch one. Um, but I'm a bit like you, Alex. I think I, I struggle, I just struggle with that word, bitch. I, I don't like that. I think it's awful. Yeah. And then you imagine, but one of the first things she says actually is that you don't have to be a bitch to be rich. <laughs> like you don't, but it's kind of this impression that we haven't. Mm-hmm. All of it, I just think like, you said we're just consumers but all we do is go to work to buy things to give each other money all the time we're just passing money around all the time for stuff yeah we don't want to talk about it to enrich our lives yeah 
It's just so bizarre. I think it's really, for, for the first time in my life, I feel, and I'm like 42 now, and for the first time ever, and I think this is down to sobriety, honestly. One, I've saved so much more money that I never realised because I used to hide money from myself. Like I would go out and then I'd get 50 quid out of the bank at 12 o'clock at night and not tell myself. (laughs) 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 And put it in my purse also. I don't know why I did that. It's just a thing that I used to do. But I've also sorted things out like my house insurance, my life insurance. I've sorted out. I have got for the first time ever a pension. Like, and I actually don't mind paying into it. Like I've never done anything like that before, but this is because I've kind of got sober and sorted my shit out. (laughs) And I feel confident about the future. And and don't you find that just taking control of it and learning and just things has made you feel so much more empowered and and like it's less of a, a scary topic? It's, it is, it's like, it's that taking control of it. And I think for something that I've learned over the years and what I'd want to say to anybody that's kind of listening and thinking, yeah, but I don't have any money and I've got all these debts coming through the door or whatever. Um, it is taking that control of it. It's kind of going, right, let's sort this out and doing it step by step, one little bit at a time. And ring these people up as well. If, if it is a debt thing, ring them up. They're just human beings. They're just like mm-hmm. me and you. I used to be so frightened of saying I can't afford this amount or I can't afford to do that, but we can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's loads of help and advice as well. We'll put some links on, I think, with... Oh, great. She's just given me a job. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have. I've not even got to look for them either. I'm just going to say, don't forget them links. <laughs> no. Honestly, Alistair. Right. <sighs> <laughs> we always finish up right um, we've been doing it since last season with a little question which you're going to ask Lisa since so you've given me a job <laughs> I don't mind I thought I did do it it's my favourite bit this bit right so our Be Sober motto is be brave be kind be sober and what we want to know is which of these do you relate to right now and why wow so I mean they're all great, but for me, be sober because then being kind, being brave, being passionate, being whatever you want to be is just so much easier. You don't even need to try. It just comes. So That is such a good answer. I like that answer. I love that answer because it's true. Once you're sober, all them things just come so naturally. What are you laughing at? It's I love that answer because it's true. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. <laughs> Yeah, you. I've got to say it because I haven't said it for ages. Oh, here we go. She's going to say the thing that I stole from the last season that she wasn't happy about. Go on. Oh, I don't know whether I am. You are. You are, because otherwise I'm going to say it anyway and steal it again. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best thing ever, honestly, that has ever happened to me in my life and for the people that I meet. Stop laughing, Alex. (laughs) But it is. And I think sometimes I get all overwhelmed with how incredible and amazing and how much your life actually does change. Like three years in now, and we were just talking about the fact that I've got a motorhome, I've sorted my shit out with debts, I've got a pension for God's sake. Like, that is because I'm sober. Like, how amazing is that? 
that is pretty much what she says. It's like about sober being doesn't solve all your problems, but it really, really helps you deal with them. So yeah, good you point. You had to nick something, didn't you? Yeah, you didn't <laughs> say it properly, did you? If you're going to get your line right, you have to get your line right. <laughs> so well, she knows me, Alistair, right? We, yeah. um, we got asked some questions the other day for an article that's coming out in Stylist magazine, which I'm very excited about, by the way. Um, but so I was like, oh, I might need a little bit of your help, Alice, just linking this up, right? She sent me my full answers back to the questions. So she'd done her own. She'd done mine, but I'd done them as well, right? But I didn't, because I didn't know she was going to do them all. And her answers for my questions were better than my own answers. And she even had dates and everything. I'm like, she actually knows me more than I know myself <laughs> <laughs> what being a proper best friend's all about that I reckon Beautiful. I know it's absolutely amazing that's <laughs> <I'm> sober <laughs> yeah it is it is but honestly Alistair I really think that this um, conversation is a really useful one and should open up people to start exploring this topic and I know it means a lot to you and we're really grateful that you've come on and been honest enough to share it with us so thank you very much for being on the podcast can we just ask you one more question before you go yeah yeah sure. um, what do you think to paying for Be Sober membership <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to edit this bit out. <laughs> well, of course, I think it's great. I do it. I do it gladly. And I would recommend it to anybody, whether they're already a Be Sober member or not. Free plug. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not editing that one out. <laughs> thank oh, thank you so much. I love talking yeah. to our members. <laughs> you guys, you, I mean, you do an incredible job. You help so many people. So please take the compliment and, and keep doing everything that you're doing. Oh, thanks, Alistair, and we'll obviously speak to you in the group. Yeah. Bye. See you soon. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Bye. Big thanks to Wise Bartender for sponsoring this episode. If you're experimenting with different alcohol-free drinks and don't want to buy a whole case, Wise Bartender honestly has the largest selection of single bottles ever. So you can have lots of fun trying loads of different drinks or even buy one of their special gift packs. Don't forget to use your 5% discount code BSOBER5 at wisebartender.co.uk. And if you want to find out more about the work we do, or you want to join our amazing community here at Be Sober, you can find out more on our website, www.besoberofficial.com. Until next time, be brave, be kind, and be sober. Be sober.